Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 234 of Comic Book Queers colon Legacy. I am your host, Brett, and with me, as always, always, always is our co-host, Evil Jeff. Hi, Evil. Evil Jeff. Hello. How are you? Welcome back to the Upper Lands. Thank you. You crawled up from your bowels into yes. the upper lands. Um, I'm actually doing that scene from uh, House Bunny. Do you remember when? Uh, oh, what's her Mia Farrow? No, what's her name? Anna Kendrick? No, Anna Ferris. Anna Ferris. When she, whenever they were like Emma Stone and all of them were introducing themselves, she's like, "I'm <laughs> Natalie." Natalie. <laughs> she's like, "Oh, yeah. it's just like a way I remember. I, I remember lines, like names." <laughs> <laughs> what a treasure. That's such a good movie. I forgot yeah. how many like famous people are in it. Name four. It has um, Anna Ferris. It has Emma Stone. Oh. It has um, what's her name? The girl from WandaVision. Uh, Natalie Portman's best friend. Um, what's her name? Cat. Yeah, Cat Dennings. Cat Dennings. Um, and then it has. Uh, that bitch who won. Uh, oh, I'm so sorry. Your time's up. Who won American Idol? Or she came. Kelly in Clarkson. No, she came. Jennifer in Hudson. She was in Smash. The one of the stars of Smash. Catherine McPhee. Catherine McPhee. Great. Who turns Listen, out was a I, trumper. Ooh. Oh my God! Do you know Company just closed here in New York on Broadway? For the longest time, I thought it was Catherine McPhee who was in all the ads and on the bus ads and all that, and it wasn't. And then after I realized it wasn't Catherine McPhee, I was like, oh, I might go see it. Who was it? It was just like... A it was st- Katrina Link. It was just a stuffed animal. It was... It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was an alligator. <laughs> Who the hell's Katrina Link? She was the star of Company. Won the Tony <laughs> for Best Revival. Okay. Who was the star of Company? It was Katrina Link. Well, who's Katrina Link? She was the star of Company. That's, That's the only thing I know her from. I'm not like a Broadway aficionado. Speaking of Broadway, Leah Michelle has made her Broadway debut and I've seen the videos of it. And sadly, I hate to inform you all. She's going to be amazing. She's killing the notes. She's killing the notes. However, there is a line where she's like, I don't really read any books. And it was like thunderous laughter. No, 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 no. They have to take that line out. You have to take that line out. Oh, my God. I love there's so many tweets about Leah Michelle being the guest judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. And when Ru is like, the library is open, she's like, uh-oh. I know. There's another one where someone I saw a TikTok where someone was just like, did you read all the terms and conditions that, for this new Apple product? And then the person just morphs into Leah Michelle. <laughs> it's like, it's just oh, the gift dumb. that never ends. Because that's the it's thing really is when it funny. comes down to it. We all know the bitch can read. We know she, she can, can read. read. But the fact that it's like, no, we're just going to die so on this hill though. that you can't read. I, I love it. I want to hammer this shit into the ground. I can never get enough. There are people where she's reading on camera and then people are stunning it being like, look, her hair's covering her ear. She <laughs> look, has, she ear has the tapes. And it's taped in her ear and she is being fed the lines. <laughs> oh my God. I love oh, it. Oh, the theories. 
Oh my God. I can do honestly, girl, like we should do another podcast where it's just celebrity gossip. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, I played some uh, Jackbox games over Labor Day weekend. Fun. And pretty much every answer I incorporated Leah Michelle somehow. And always, and I won every <laughs> oh my one. God. I always I would won. be, I would be dead. <laughs> Like they were like, what's some, like, they were like, name a name that no one's ever been named before. And I just wrote Leah Michelle Nazi Hitler can read. And it won, it won, it won. You just got to be topical. You don't have to make sense in those games. Most times it's it's someone just doing poop fart boobs. That's what me and my friends did over the pandemic so many times. And I recently thought of getting in touch with them all and being like, can we just do that again? Like we can, we could just Jackbox online again. Yeah. doesn't need to be a pandemic. What other fun uh, news? Oh, there's one other topic oh I want to talk about. <laughs> yes. Um, recently it came out that Spencer Pratt from the Hills <laughs> married to Heidi Montag. Irrelevant, but is now gaining she some is, traction on TikTok worst. again. He's always he's was the worst. The and worst. poor Heidi yeah, Montag. So... The fact they're still together, though. That's what's insane. Um, he was like, worst celebrity I ever met. Rudest, Lisa Kudrow. Rudest person <laughs> I ever imagine? met. But then Bethany Frankel was like, oh, yeah, she was awful to me, too. And it was like, and that's, you get two celebrities saying it. You're like, oh, shit, is this the next Ellen? And then no, it's Spencer goddamn Pratt. Yes, but then Bethany Frankel came out, and I think her story was when she was doing her talk show, somehow they thought, Lisa Kudrow thought she was going on Ellen. So when she showed up and it was <laughs> Bethany Frankel, she was just like sour grapes pissed the whole time. So she was like, yeah, she just didn't want to talk to me. She was awful. But I mean, I guess if you thought it was Ellen and you got me, I guess I can understand that. I'm, I'm on Team Kudrow on So we're on one. Team Kudrow. Even Bethany Frankel was like, oh, I don't hate or anything like i just thought it was funny but then spencer gave the story and the story was they got invited to an nbc party and lisa kudrow unprovoked (laughs) walks right up to heidi montag Uh in front of spencer and says he's going to murder you he has serial killer eyes break up with him immediately And Have you he, tried the pate? I know. And he told this story <laughs> thinking everyone would be like, oh, cancel Lisa what? Kudrow. But you what is do. but what has happened is everyone was like, oh, oh, yeah. she's awesome. <laughs> yeah. She probably saw them on TV for some reason. Because I mean they there was a there was a minute where they were where he was forcing her to get all of these plastic surgeries. Oh God. Oh. I couldn't believe when she dropped out of school in the hills. I couldn't believe it. Little did I know she was going to become that. I will say she did some fun facts about Heidi Montag. She did release an album. And one of fun. her songs yes. is, I think it's called um, Touch My Body or Hear My Body. And it's kind of a jam. It's kind of a banger. Is and it, the song Fashion. like two- Wait, is that the whole title, Touch My Body or Hear My Body? It's a turn, turn, turn my body. But that's the whole title? Tell me you like it. It's something like that. And they use oh. that bum, bum, bang, dun, 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 bum, bum, bang, bum, from Yaz. Price is right. From Yaz. Oh, yeah. Oh, move out. Don't mess around. Yes. Yeah. So it's kind, of a, it's kind of a banger. And she was originally <laughs> offered the song Fashion by Lady Gaga. 
on the Fame what? album. And then Lady Gaga was like, actually, yoink, I'm, I'm going to keep that for myself. Yeah, thanks. And Heidi Montag has never forgiven her. But but we're talking a lot about gossip and shit. There, we do need to talk about comic stuff. There is comic news. Brett wait, did a comic. On. I want to talk. Oh wait, what? Oh, I, I still want to talk about. Don't worry, darling. Oh, there. Oh fuck. There's more because of that. You brought it up the other week yes. about all that drama, and it has manifested in the most beautiful ways. But I, the thing is, I like Harry Styles. And he's now just being destroyed. Not. He's being destroyed. I know. I'm being, and I'm being manipulated by the internet. What it is, for me, it was his long, com- not long, his commentary on gay scenes in movies. It just, it rang he hollow for me. needs to not do press junkets. There's, Let's did you see the scene it. of Chris Pine standing, like sitting oh, the next spitting? Like sitting next to Harry I have Styles. watched that video 30 goddamn times before I realized Chris Pine, who, by the way, nobody's saying this. This is a CBQ exclusive. He was on so many edibles. Don't you think so? Chris Pine? Don't you think Chris Pine was on a oh, ton yeah. of, or like had some edibles before and, that And press can conference. I just say, Chris Pine and me recently played the same part. I used to do a drag show called Golden Girls Live, and I would always okay. play Dorothy's Date. Okay. And then, you know, life when happens. When was this? This was like 2012 to 2015. My God. Um, and it was like Jackie Beach, Sherry Vine, um, Andrew Drogi, and Sam Pancake were the, played all the Golden Girls. And I would always be the different dates of the characters, playing the, like, the male roles. And it was mostly just stepping in, saying two lines, and then they made fun of me and I leave. And then, um, uh, but then I got too busy, and then I kind of got into a little beef with Jackie, and then I wasn't asked back. Anyway, that's whatever. But they're doing it again, and they're getting celebrity guests to play all of, like, Dorothy's dates. And I oh saw Chris God. Pine showed up and played Dorothy's date in one of these um, at the Casita del Campo, which is just this like underground, um, like under a Mexican restaurant theater. Chris Pine loved the show so much. He's like, hey, can I be in it for one? And so <gasps> I was like, me and Chris Pine did the same role. We were up for the same role. Amazing. It's like you fucked. But in the end, Chris Pine and Lawrence Pugh, I want to know the real story. I want the real I want the tea. tea. I want the tea. Those two just protect that relationship. That's my point of view on this entire thing. Like, great, all of this. Is Chris Pine and Florence Pugh, are they okay? Like, they, together, their relationship? They're going to be if fine. If the answer is yes. Oh, they're fine. Because they They're knew great. what was going on. They knew all the shenanigans that were going on. They knew. And it's basically, we have Olivia Wilde, who is amazing. I just watched a video of Beanie Feldstein and Florence Pugh interviewing each other. And Beanie Feldstein just did Booksmart with Olivia Wilde. And she's like, oh my God, Florence, you would love her. You should work together. And she's like, oh Ooh, my God, I want to work together. And she's like, yes. And she's like, they'll love each other. <laughs> but Beanie I do Feldstein, wonder. Beginning of the end for her. If she didn't fuck Harry Styles would all of this uh-huh. have happened because I no. felt she was a brilliant director with Booksmart but then she meets a hot guy and then Come is like on. I'm just gonna suck face and fuck so Florence take care of this hot. scene alright now just hold on hold I don't on think he's that hot how he I've been converted I've been converted you have? when he was Star it, Fox in Eternals 
I thought he looked weird. He's I'm like, sexy honestly, and his music is really good. I'm going to fight my take. My take on Star Fox, not handsome enough. That was my take. Oh, how dare you? No, how Harry Styles you? is gorgeous. Harry Styles is gorgeous. But Sorry. he is replacing the Ryan Reynolds of the one, if, if a straight guy had to go gay, it used to be Ryan Reynolds. It's now Harry Styles. Really? And I always go for those ones that the straight dudes like. Because I loved Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, true. But I do think Harry Styles is hot. Well, all right, all right, all right. You know who I think is hot? Who? I'm going to... Grant Morrison. Let's enter the comic. Yeah, Grant Morrison. Let's enter the comic book world. Okay, so, all right. Bigger than any of this celebrity gossip, nonsense is the fact. Do you understand every con I've ever been to... I have a moment where I check the roster, the lineup, and I ask, is Grant Morrison going to be there? Finally, though, I got to be within 15 feet of Grant Morrison for about an hour at a Barnes and Noble in Manhattan. I follow, well, I'm on Twitter. Barnes and Noble, oh. so I get Barnes and Noble emails. What? But okay. I think I, I, okay, boomer. <laughs> I found out about it through Grant Morrison's social media and jumped at the chance. Found out, didn't even, I just hit click. Next thing I know, my credit card is out and I'm getting a confirmation QR code. I don't, it all happened so fast. So I went yesterday. You were like in a fugue state. I was in a fugue state and I thought to bring my Invisibles Omnibus to the Barnes and Noble which is about a hundred blocks away from my apartment. I'm not lying. It's no hyperbole. 100 blocks. The omnibus is huge. It was a long run. I couldn't justify carrying it. Wait, you walked? And, no, okay. I took the subway, even still. So it was too it's, heavy for it to be on heavy. your lap? Yes. Okay, boomer. <laughs> it's very heavy. Okay. So I went, but I thought that there would be like a signing table and, uh, you know, like a photo op moment. No, none of that. Did you get to ask a question? No, that fucking moderator did not call me. Homophobia. And I had a great question. I was going to ask. Yes, Grant, I am. um, My name is Brett. Uh, it's a real pleasure to be here. I am admittedly a little starstruck. <sighs> so when I think about your work, I think about your ability to strip down a character to their essence, to the core idea that they represent, and then manifest that idea in a different way. So I'm curious, what's a character or maybe a genre that you would like to tackle just to see what makes it tick. Oh, that's great. Wasn't that great? No, instead, you know, the typical comic book convention type questions, which is agony. It's agony, especially when you're- just Oh, I'm in issue seven of- Yes. Uh, um, I did- like one guy- one guy was like, how do you reconcile being like punk and anti-establishment and then working for essentially AT&T when you wrote Batman? I was like, this bitch, this bitch is trying it. What's happening? 
anyway, Grant took it with just, he, they are so fucking cool and so Grant Morrison. Every time they spoke, I was like, this is so fucking Grant Morrison. And that's why it was such a great experience. Grant Morrison recently came out as non-binary, right? As non-binary. And, um, sorry, where was I going? Uh, um, They talked about drag and magic and the intersection of those two things in their life, because that's what the novel is about, the intersection of drag and magic. In fact, the novel, Luda, is a retelling of the story of Merlin and his, I, I don't know about this story, Merlin and Vivian, who is a young woman who Merlin trained, put a lot of trust in, and then Vivian stole all of his power and trapped him in an oak tree? Right. Anyway, it's a real Is that from that Sword in the Stone? With, is that that fight scene in Sword in the Stone? I don't know. I haven't watched that many animated Disney films. Oh, that's right, because you're a freak. A freak, a communist. Which, okay, uh, hold on. We're going to pause really quick, because this yeah. might be another segment of things I might need to force you to watch. Ooh. What Disney movies oh, God, have not. you watched? No. But just which ones have you watched? <sighs> I've watched The Little Mermaid the most. Okay. So it's the 90s ones because you I was watched a theater Aladdin. kid. I was a theater kid in high school. Lion so King, it was the 90 ones. Beauty and it the was Beast. Little, it was Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and Little Mermaid. I've seen Beauty and the Beast and The Little Mermaid more than once. I've only seen The Lion King and Aladdin once what about like cinderella sleeping beauty i i don't think i've ever like sat through them maybe when i was wee little what about uh like um a fro frozen i i watched it with my niece and nephew okay all right all right you you've seen like the you've seen the big ones yeah here's what i haven't seen Hercules. Hercules, Hercules is Princess great, and the Frog. You would like Hercules. Tarzan. Tarzan's not um, that great. Hunchback and Inside Notre Dame, Out. Not that great. Um, Inside Out. Yeah. You will cry like a no, baby. No, that's the one that everyone freaks out about. You will cry like a baby. You will love it. I don't think you're By emotionally way, I, prepared for it. <laughs> I don't think I'm emotionally available for animated Disney films. All right. What is it? But I am a- why why can you look at the at the drawings of comics, but when you see them moving on screen, you're you're hurt. Where does that hurt Evil come Jeff, from? Jeff, that'll that'll always be the eternal question. <laughs> you're like it might be the fact that I was beaten by a <laughs> by a bunch of bullies while I went to see Tarzan. <laughs> <laughs> It was, you know, it was when I went to Disney World and Donald Duck raped me. (laughs) Sorry, trigger. Um, Okay. Um, So Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison. What did you learn? What did you learn? What did you learn? I learned about the novel. I'm going to be very interested in it. I have a copy of it. Um, I was just reminded of the the me who really did just love Grant Morrison. Reading Doom Patrol, reading Invisibles, reading X-Men, reading Justice League, JLA. I even attempted magic a few times. Grant Morrison's sigil magic, where in order to manifest... Oh, you're going to love this. In order to manifest something, you write that idea down on a sheet of paper, and then you spend a deliberate amount of time 
messing with the letter forms, eliminating shapes, just basically morphing all of the letter forms into your of your idea into a symbol. You know, just into like one taking, symbol. So like a whole sentence. Into one symbol. Into one symbol. Into one symbol, but like an iterative kind of whittling down of the shapes that comprise the letter forms until you have a symbol. And then, and then you're like, oh my to, God, I'm Prince. In order to <laughs> charge and release that symbol, you need to kind of enter a no mind state and sort of like a heightened oh, I'm terrible no mind that. state. And the best way to do that is through orgasm. Oh, so you have to jerk off on it? Do you have to so come you on the, Do you have to come on it? No, but you have to stare at it intently and re- like really connect to the sigil upon orgasm. Wait a minute. How do you? I need some sort of stimulation. I can't look at. I can't look at symbols. Well, sure, sure, hard. yeah. I mean, it's kind of like there. Like, sure, you do. Like, you have to. Can you, you know, put some porn on in the background? Yeah, you can, but like, you, you know, hold make, it sure, you, make sure you're connected to the, the symbol, sigil, you know what you, I mean? Like the symbol has to be doing, like next to it. Yeah, yeah. When you're getting into that no mind state, like particularly when you're like reaching orgasm, like then you connect with the sigil, you know, because you're pretty much good at that point. You yeah, you're just like going. hot, hot milf, hot, hot milf, symbol, 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 hot milf, yeah. symbol. Cool. Symbol! Ah! And then you you know you wind up marrying the. And then what do you do with life. the symbol? Do you get to burn it afterwards? Yes. I want to catch it to set it on fire. I'm serious. You know what? Try it. Try it, and then the thing you are trying to manifest, I say it will appear to you in either three days, three months, or three years. That's a joke I heard recently, where they're like, "If you have a problem with someone, you write down." letters of everything you hate about them okay and then you throw them into the fire and then the person Uh, goes oh but then what do i do with the letters (laughs) 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 oh should we talk about comic books yeah let's talk about some x-men i want your x Come on. Oh, wait, one more Grant Morrison thing. They were talking about how there are just so many, and they kept saying the word is not personas, but personas inside of them and trying on drag at 11 years old and, and getting into drag when performing magic, all big parts of their life. And when they're saying things like there is a lot of people inside of me, a lot of personas, I think of Crazy Jane when they're like, I would get into drag and do magic. I think of Lord Fanny from The Invisible. So it was just so rewarding to see where my favorite characters were born from in the psyche of this person that created them. I am actually not a fan of children drag queens. Oh, yeah. Me neither. Especially, oh, I saw one about a, a murderous one. It scarred me ever since. A murderous I a one? I saw a play about a murderous child drag queen, and it scarred me. Oh, yeah. That's the one where it was like, can I take my prep? Like, <laughs> but that was not you real. These are vitamins. No, I um, used to, yeah. I had to edit. When I was editing all the drag con footage years ago, um, 
I had to edit like a runway walk between these two with kids, Lactatia and like Frankie the Fabulous or something. And I they, don't know how I feel about Lactatia. And they were like like eight and ten, and they just started fighting. They were pushing <gasps> each other out of the way, and then the parents started fighting with each other, and they were all just being sassy, sassy, cunt, uh, cunt, cunt. And then Lactatia in interviews was just being like, "Shut up, mom! Just shut up! You're so dumb!" And she's like, "Ha!" Ah, and I was like, "That's like the character from the play." And, and the thing is, is. There's a thing, a drag queen is talent. I mean, it is charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent, but there's an sure. extra thing that it has is camp. Yes. And I think a young 10-year-old, 11-year-old is not equipped to understand camp. And when no. they're throwing shade and being bitchy, they're just being trained to be they're mean They're just being mean. People. They don't understand the, the subtextual layer of, yes. And I'm saying all these things where people learn to read, it was a survival technique. I learned how to read because I was being beat up. When my bully that beat me up came to beat me up, the last time he beat me up, he was like, I'm going to fuck you up. And I went, you're going to fuck me up? You can do it? And I made fun of his stutter that no one ever did because he was the captain of the football team. And everybody's mouths dropped open and he fucking walked away. And that is what you use reading for to survive. Yes. So I'm saying these eight and 10 year old children, we need to bully them. <laughs> <laughs> they need some like real life bullying to they give do. them to, for them to have the excuse to have that attitude. Don't have a loving family and then be like, oh, my mom loves me. Fuck you, mom. You're a cunt. Like, it's just awful. I hate it. They need to be threatened, those little shits. Anyway, as someone who was, I feel my trauma made me who I am. I feel like uh, raising people without trauma is a good thing, but that means you're going to be boring and not interesting. So don't try to be a fabulous drag queen if you have no trauma in your life. I'm sorry. That's my take on it. And I'll say tra trauma's been commoditized these days thanks to the internet. Okay, let's talk about X-Force number 31. Speaking of trauma. Speaking of trauma. Someone's a trauma. trauma of me having to read this version of Beast. Oh my trauma. God, my name's Beast and I just hate everybody. Why doesn't everyone just listen to me? Could you, I mean, could you just like, how are you this far into being the worst? Can we just do a, like, I just want to do, we didn't do a sketch in the beginning. I'm going to do a little mini sketch. Can we just, I'm going to be Sage, Drunk Sage, and I want you to be Beast. And you telling me, just telling me like how you need to be running everything because that, that no one knows what they're doing. So just give me a line and I'm going to come at you. Okay. Sage, what do you want? You interrupted my viewing of Frasier. Beast, what do you think you're doing? Are you trying to go behind the council's back again? You're a stupid bitch. All right, Beast, I just have one question for you. You think you know better than everyone else? Name one thing you have ever done that was a good idea. This. You should <laughs> Shut the fuck up, you blue hairy fucker. The only blue <laughs> thing I want to see is a blue carousel. What's that alcohol called? I want carousel. Carousel. Let's, let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back earlier in the scene. Okay. This beast gives her the middle finger and says, 
You should stop drinking. There, that's the best thing I ever did, you lush. You know what? I drink so that I have to put up with your smelly fucking ass. You have never done any, all of your decisions have been bad. Bringing the X-Men back, bad decision. Every single decision you have done has sucked. Why do you think you're right? You are a complete and utter narcissist. You have narcissism disorder. You need to be lobotomized. Goodbye. You, 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 I'm gonna you, go you, do some Jaeger bombs. Sorry, I'm making fun of your stutter. I win. <laughs> but yeah, he oh, hasn't no, done. No, he exactly. hasn't done Great anything. Point. Great point. Truth in theater. What has he ever done that has come? been like that Nothing. was a great idea he, it is always a bad idea always oh always, i'm gonna always. go join the avengers what a horrible idea all but the avengers that, are like you're garbage we don't want isn't you. that a typical male like you were gonna double down on your mediocrity yeah rather than admit oh, that like you kind of suck i'm gonna pull an old school one dark phoenix saga hey i bought i made this thing that'll like make her not go to dark phoenix it one fight away head. it melts off her fucking head in three seconds melted loser it melted. fucking it melted. loser she didn't even care fuck you beast. she still some she still somehow pulled it off even though it melted <laughs> Fuck you, Beast. How about Omega Red saves a bunch of mutants and Beast is like, ew, immigrants. What? Yeah. Oh, actually, I think we shouldn't let uh, all mutants in. We should only let the good mutants in. Oh, oh, okay, you mutant supremacist. We, what kind of, this is like fascism. And I guess they're all leading to this. But can we just literally have him be Dark Beast and be a villain? I'm sick of this like, oh, Beast, maybe you should be on the council. Like, doesn't everyone know that he's the worst? It's, I mean, it's a slow burn. I will say, so let me ask you this. If Beast already flipped to Dark Beast, would you would have been like, where the fuck did that come from? Too soon. Or would you be like, finally? I'm like, finally. It's already, he's already being a nut job. <laughs> he's a nut job. I'm team too soon. Slow build. What are you talking about? Slow build. It started when he brought the, the X-Men back from the past. No, that is true. It's been going on for four years. That's not Was a slow build. Was he horrible before that? Was he horrible before Bendis did that to him? What is this, Apartment 4C or whatever, where one plot line takes 25 years to complete? Oh, Apartment 3G. 3G or whatever. I haven't read that in 20 years. Well, let me catch you up. It's it's, later the same day. Oh, my God. I was at Golden Girls line. I was just about to say that Golden Girls line. (laughs) I love that joke. It's probably one of of the best jokes in the run of the show. Oh, my God. My other favorite joke in that is, um, like... She's flirting with him. What a what a floozy. Well, you flirted with him. That's different. I'm from the South. Flirting's in my heritage. What does that mean? It means her mother was a slut too. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite segment from the Golden Girls is the one where Blanche handcuffs herself to her aunt's house that's going to be demolished in the South. Yeah. Like next to the old Magnolia tree. And it's the whole thing. And Blanche thinks she can hear the voice of her dead aunt in her head. And so Dorothy 
covers her mouth with her hand and pretends to be the ghost of the ant and goes, Blanche, you dumb peck of wood. <laughs> Untie herself from that radiator. And then Rose goes, oh my God, I heard her that time. <laughs> Feet don't fail me now. And she runs out the back. Little do we know, Sophia is on the roof. <laughs> so when Rose runs in the backyard, Sophia jumps off the roof and lands on Rose. And it's all off camera. And then all you hear after the thud is Rose go, Charlie? <laughs> it's, it is the weirdest 60 seconds of Golden Girls oh ever. Oh, my God. Uh, mostly because she says, you dumb peck of wood. <laughs> All right, anyway, X-Men 14. <laughs> um, so X-Force, in the end, it's uh, Craven the Hunt. It's basically Sage is a drunk. Uh, Beast is a, a, right. is a mutant supremacist. Uh, yes. Like Chopped a pure blood. Basically, he's a Slytherin. And, Omega Red's not that bad. And um, Craven the Hunter is sneaking in to kill the mutants because they can be resurrected. Is he want to kill them because they can be resurrected? And he's like, oh, I can kill them and it doesn't matter. It's real loose. Like somebody was like, they're they're the apex predator. And he's like, no, they're not. I'm I'm also just sick of this idea of like Axe Judgment Day. But here's this side story (laughs) that has nothing to do with that. Oh, but we're just going to put the the Celestial in it for two pages because we have to. I feel like this was written without the Celestial. And then the editors came and saying, you have to add the Celestial in because this is happening during this. Which is a classic example of Axe Judgment Spray, and we don't need it. Yes, which is also happening in X-Men, which is, uh-oh, we're all being judged. But by the way, that whole murder, murdering the planet game show, gambling casino thing is still happening. And we're going to blow up the sun. But who can yeah, fix why it? why is that still happening? Iceman and Firestar. And his amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar. Da-na-na-na. I mean, the only interesting thing is it was just like he ends up giving a speech after he saves everybody. He's just like, I'm a mutant and I love I sucking dick. I suck dick every day and night and I'm a power bottom. And even though it's cold, you can warm it up with your warm, hot cock. I mean, he just says he's gay, but, you know, basically that's what he meant. I know. And then the journalist is like, the editor's like, we ain't putting this faggot shit in here. I'm not putting that soggy bottom faggot on my newspaper. (laughs) Soggy bottom. (laughs) They're dripping soggy bottom. And then she's like, I'm going to walk if you don't put that he's a faggot. And then in the end, it said Iceman faggot. And he got, he won. With a slammer, which is an explanation point in journalism speak. Iceman, faggot, slammer. And then the other thing is uh, Cyclops goes to Celestial and he's like, and he's like, and what? And what? I, um, I set my goals to do this and I do it. And he gives him the thumbs up. And this is where you're realizing the Celestial is not judging whether you are good or bad. It's judging whether your core beliefs, whether you adhere to them, whether you're like, whether you blue. can follow through with your core beliefs. Yeah. He doesn't give like, a shit do what you your do core what beliefs. you do, which do really, you which your talk. Yeah. Which really sucks. Cause, um, I'm a wavering pussy. So I'm like, Oh, Ooh. me too. I'm a sniveling weasel. Yeah. 
No. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. Mm. Scott Summer's shirt does look sexy, though. Yeah. Let's talk about some Knights of X. Okay. I, I love this book. A little just confused of the logistics. Okay. So basically, um, Betsy and Rachel are like, look, we're they're gay. We're gay. We're gonna scissor, we're gonna lick pussies, and we're gonna be awesome. So I'm like, I'm down with all of that. And so then they're like, but we need to just like finish battling Merlin. And I do think it's interesting that Mercator, who basically could stop everything, is like, just I'm just going to sit back and just watch all of this. I'm like, can you ask him to help a little bit more? He did do something at the end. Um, true, 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 true. With the Gambit stuff, you mean? Yeah. Yes. That's the thing, though, I was confused of how that all happened. So that was more him. See, I was confused about that. Mercator. Okay, meanwhile, everyone's like, oh, my God, we need to do this. We need to do that. And then Megan is like, um, fucking Gambit is dead, bitches. Fucking Roma is using us. I fucking hate everybody. You're all fucking bunch of dumb bitches. And I kind of love Megan. I love Megan in this book. She's the only one who is just telling it like it is. She's she's just raw emotion. She's just raw emotion. Yes. Which I love. And honestly, I feel I needed to be more interactions with her and Shatterstar because I feel Shatterstar reacts on pure raw emotion too. And I feel like they'd actually get along really you know, well. Yeah, that's a really good point. They are like creatures of instinct. I wonder, Megan is so hypersensitive. I wonder if Mordred's oh, presence definitely. affects Megan. They've more. all said that all of them were on edge ever since he was there. And basically, it turns out Gambit is not dead, but he is kind of... But he is death. He is death. He reverts to his apocalypse death persona. Yes, but it is also because of that weird thing of how you get resurrected back, it does look like he's in a weird way trying to choose all the different versions of himself of like, well, who it's, am I? I? I took it more as Siege Perilous stuff. Yeah, like he's in that choosing of like, who am I? He Know what it is? Dazzler. Dazzler, am I a lawyer? Am I a singer? Am I a homeless woman? That's what it is. And meanwhile, but, you know, it's, yeah. I feel like this is like spread out the inner workings of the Siege Perilous a little bit. I mean, back in the day, you know, we saw people go in and we saw people come out and they came out as a different version. But we never really saw what happens inside exactly. of it. And, and that's, that's one of the things is. I love yeah. about this book. Yeah, you see the process. Yeah. And one other thing I love is they bring back um, Sunfire burning the death persona out of Gambit from, I think that happened in the 90s. Uh, Peter, Peter Milligan's run. Yeah. Yeah. That's back in the too boring to read. Oh yeah, those are the those are the dupe days. Yeah. Uh, Um, But real great. But interestingly enough, um, Gambit is death. He's like trying to attack everybody. Mordred gets sucked in with his father because it's like we're not done with our siege perilous working things out. And after he leaves, everybody's like, "Oh, his mutant power is gone. We can be friends again," (laughs) which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. And yeah, um, then it ends with Betsy kind of choosing her path. And the interesting thing is it looks like 
they're able to bring back Rogue. And that's the thing is how did Oh yeah. How did Rogue get there? Um Mortator pulled her through the Siege Perilous. Okay, so he pulled her through the Siege Perilous. But then using Rogue as a touchstone, Rachel was able to get him to come back as regular normal Gambit. Mm-hmm. The thing I don't understand is then afterwards they were like, oh, and now people can die on Otherworld and it's fine. And I was like, oh, what? Wait, did I miss something? Does Rachel need to do that every time somebody dies in Otherworld though? I was a no, little confused. No, I think they just permanently they just they fixed just changed it. the rule. So they yeah. just fixed yeah. it. So that's done with. Okay. Which, good, good riddance. I mean, enough. Yeah. And it was fun. It was a fun game for a while. It's over. Yeah. And now it's kind of like, all right, we're all going to go back to Krakoa. Uh, Mordred and King Arthur are going to kind of try and figure things out. Betsy's also just like, hey, you know what? Um, Roma, I love when she's like, Mer- like, Saturnine, you're you're an idiot. You're just bad at your job, so you're out. Roma, you're probably the best out of all of them, but you also have your own agendas. You're out. Merlin, we need to kill you. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, and, and I know back. you'll we come know. back. I know you'll come back to life, but right now, like, we're killing you. And basically, Beheading. the Captain Britain Corps is we lead ourselves. And now it just looks like Rachel and Betsy, these two fucking lesbians, are going to just take care of the Omniverse. Yeah, and you know where they're going to do that? In their pussies. In their pussies and in the upcoming Captain Britain solo title. Is that an ongoing or another limited series? I don't know. But I love it. Yay! Yay, we love it. And they're gay. And here's the best part. Prestige is no more. We are now called Ascani. Ascani. And we love that. I love it. Why haven't we thought of that before? Exactly. I mean, just if this whole story was just to get Rachel's code name to change to Ascani, naturally worth it. Yeah. Great. 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 By the way, we're talking about last week's books. <laughs> we understand that we're a little late and new books have come out, but you know. We can't forget about them. They're still in existence. God. Are you talking about the books that came out today as we record? Yes. Well, but we always are a week behind. So people, we're, this we're, is going to come out on tomorrow. I know, but we're like unusually, typically we get out an episode before the books drop. We're but one listen, day late. We're one day late. We're one day late. And what is one day more? Yeah, just deal with it. One day more. Um, okay. I did read another comic. You did? Do we have music for a segment of comic books outside of the X franchise? We do. Hit it. You gotta get a comic if you wanna get a All right. Well, you gotta get a comic. And you know what the comic you need to get? You need to get some Gail Simone and Phil Noto. Get some Gail Simone and Phil Noto in your life, especially through the title Variants, starring Jessica Jones. I only had read episode one, and when I saw episode three, I was like, oh shit, I didn't read episode two. So I got myself caught up. I was originally thinking when the different Jessica Jones, I thought Jessica Jones, she was in the wrong universe. 
But as no, we read it, all of these people are showing up in hours. So just to recap, Jessica Jones, it's approaching her 10th anniversary of escaping the Purple Man. And the person that he kidnapped before on her 10th anniversary murdered her whole family. And then on their ten- on her 10th anniversary, hung herself in prison. So basically, she's waiting for a time bomb that the Purple Man set in her head to go off. So she had to basically tell her family, hide. Go hide. Yeah. But then they went and he went and hid with what's her name? Um, what's the what's that character's name? The one who was roommates with Jean Grey, Misty. Oh, Misty Knight. Misty Knight. I am like that is like the first place you would look. <laughs> that is not hiding. Oh, I'm gonna go stay with Misty Knight, my best friend. That is bad hiding. Anyway, whatever. But we start learning. There's these other. Uh, Jessicas are showing up. One is a Jessica that's Captain America. One is a Jessica that was lovers with uh, Daredevil. And mm-hmm. the other is Jewel, is the Jewel superhero. Like a, a, a much younger Yes, and Jessica. she has not been kidnapped by the Purple Man, where the other two have been. And she basically gets She-Hulk, because she's like, I might go crazy, so I need someone that can beat the shit out of me to stop me. Just to follow me, basically, around, which I love. So it's just these variants in her, and they're kind of walking around. But the one weird thing that I found is she was handed a note where it was like, "Don't trust them." Don't trust the other variants. When she was at lunch, was with that them. from one of the other variants? I think if we look at the cover of the next one, there is a fifth Jessica on the cover, and she looks so like. Think, but isn't she dressed like Wanda? A little. Bit, uh, it's like a scarlet, a scarlet, hero or like, some kind. or like, but a, Jessica, yeah, yeah, they did telegraph it because Jessica said, I've had four headaches, but only I've only met yeah. three others, yeah. But do you think that message is from the fourth Jessica or one of the other ones at I the do. table? Okay, no, I think it's from the, the yet to be seen Jessica. And all I'm saying is, all of this, I get really tired with interdimensional stuff. But that's actually just almost the B plot. The A plot is she has a time bomb where she's about to maybe go do something terrible. And right. so I so I really, I really like this. But I you know Gail Simone is, you know, up there with one of the best writers of, she of is. I'm not just writers, but also especially writers of women. Of like just and and just watching And women's yeah. relationships and friendships in particular. And think about Domino. And how yeah. Domino's friendships with Outlaw and Diamondback were so like such a great part of that book. Yeah. So uh, there's also another variant of Jessica, I think. The guy that Luke Cage meets and kind of kills um, in a fight, Jesse. I- I'm gonna hold that that's another Jessica Jones variant. Oh, hot. But that's yeah. the cool thing is when he died, he just burst into flames, which feels like a magic thing. True, very true. So then is this magic? And then if that other uh, uh, Jessica Jones, which we see in the preview, looks like the Scarlet Witch, is this other Jessica magic? A magician, yeah. And doing some of this. Or is there someone magic who is like revealed to be the real villain, the purple man time bomb thing is a ruse. It's not real. All I know is I'm intrigued. I'm enjoying it. I like it. It's great. Read it. 
Um, two other books that I read, just number one issues, so I feel like they merit mention. One is Damage Control, which in a, in a little pre-show conversation, I was surprised to find out Evil Jeff, not that familiar with Damage Control from the comics. Um, been around, I feel like, since the late 80s, early 90s. They clean up the rubble. Is there like a <laughs> specific Manhattan. character, though, that's always in Damage Control? Not really. Uh, I, I, well, at least I don't know. Besides Time Daily. Telling uh, besides Michael Time Daly Keaton telling Michael Keaton, we're in charge of this space now. <laughs> in Spider-Man: Far from uh, No Way Home, uh, no, which is the first one, Homecoming. Um, yeah. So, Damage Control. There's a new limited series written by the people that write the sitcom The Goldbergs. Oh, so is it funny? Yeah. Is it funny? It's funny. It's very comedic. But the Goldbergs is it? No, I'm just kidding. I like that. Um, my husband. Funny. My husband loves the Goldbergs. The Goldbergs is fine. I just love it's Wendy fine. McClellan Covey. I love everything. Yeah. She's in. Although they had to fire the dad for for sexual. Jeff Garland for behavior. Yeah. Next season is going to start with him dead. Although we watched the finale of last season. Gotta say, really thought it, it read like a series finale. Totally could have ended. Huh. Um. But yeah, Damage Control. It's written by the makers of that sitcom. Um, the reason I got it, Evil Jeff, there's a number of heroes on the cover. Damage Control is, it's kind of like a She-Hulk show where, um, you know, it's its an office where there's a lot of different characters coming in and out. Um, and in this particular Damage Control, the characters that are featured on the cover, who we do see in the issue, are Ghost Rider, She-Hulk, Moon Knight, Quicksilver, and Nightcrawler. So we picked up the issue. Because we love to see Kurt Wagner integrated with the broader MCU. Like he's an iconic. Didn't you Marvel say you hero. saw him in and and the She-Hulk one too, like wanting to do a case? Yes. He's on the cover of the next She-Hulk by Rainbow Rowell. I wonder if any of that's gonna be connected at all. I don't know. I don't think so. Like this just feels like pure comedy for comedy's sake. Like I don't see any other books being like that thing that happened in damage control. This is like, it pretty much reads like a what the? Yeah, if you want to do something funny, get a German. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, A teleporting one at that. They do, um, Nightcrawler kind of does save the main character's life. So the main character is someone who's starting off as an intern in the mailroom at Damage Control. And he's got a high stakes package he has to deliver, but damage control is too nutty. He's too much of an idiot. So there is a scene where Nightcrawler winds up teleporting him um, around multiple corners of the building to help get him to the recipient of the package. I will say the guy after multiple teleports did not get sick. So I was like, um, writers of the Goldbergs. Oh yeah. Remember when Nightcrawler would get sick after teleporting after? Yes. And Excalibur. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that people don't realize why Excalibur was so good. Is that each of the characters. No, no, no. But no, each of the characters were fundamentally broken. Brian was yes. an insecure alcoholic. Megan literally did not know who she was. Rachel had just escaped Mojo World and did not know which memories were real. Kitty Pride couldn't had to concentrate to be tangible, and Nightcrawler yeah. couldn't teleport without getting sick. And that is they so were insightful. and they were a superhero team trying to save people when they were all barely able to get their shit together. God, it's it's my it's the best comic I think of all time. I'm just gonna throw that. Oh, out there. I, sure. 
I agree. Um, I also read Thunderbolts number one. I looked at that and looked at the roster and I was like, there's a few people that I like, but I'm not. But then why are they the Thunderbolts? I hate when people are just like, we're just going to call them the Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts is like you're really evil. Are they evil? There's a reason it's the opposite. It's that the the last iteration of the Thunderbolts were Wilson Fisk's goon squad. And he was just exiled as mayor and replaced with Luke Cage as mayor of New York City. And so Luke contacts Clint Barton and is like, we need to kind of scrub off the grime from the Thunderbolts name. Would you lead a new team to kind of get the brand back? Right. So I was like, okay, that's a premise. And so the team is kind of put together by Luke. Like Clint is like thinking he's going to, pull his own team together. Luke's like, oh, no, no, no. They're already hired. You're the last one. We're just waiting for you to say yes. Which is funny because it opens with Clint wanting to start the West Coast Avengers again. And so it's Clint is in the middle of trying to build the West Coast Avengers. And then Luke Cage is like, I need you to lead the Thunderbolts. And these are them. So, okay. Give me the roster. Um, the I roster saw is American, uh, America Chavez. America Chavez. Um, the new Power Man. I forget his name, but the, the the kid that goes by Power Man these days, not Luke. Does he have the same powers? Um, he, he He's like a combination of Danny Rand and Luke Cage's powers. Like he can channel Chi and turn it into strength and invulnerability. Alright. Um, there's the purple girl who's now going by the name Persuasion. Does she have the exact powers of her dad? Yeah. So so isn't she I mean she's the most powerful one. Yeah, it feels like they're going to explore her powers a bit. But then there's two other characters, one of which we've met, one of which we haven't, which are weird in that they're like very specific references to times or eras in comics. So there's a character called Guts and Glory who is absolutely like a Lee Feld 90s throwback character. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like to the point where there's online theories that it's actually Cable in disguise. And there's another character who I don't know, but he looks like a Kirby, Jack Kirby monster. And I think he can grow really big into like giant monster form maybe. But his look is just like Jack Kirby 101 type look. So it's weird. And then the final character is the person who Luke Cage really thinks is in charge, Monica Rambeau. So turns out Luke went to Monica first and she was like, no. And then she shows up to save the team and Luke's like, what the fuck? I thought you said no. And she was like, yeah, I was paying attention. I saw them about to get their asses kicked. So I saved them. And he's like, this is why I want you in charge. And she's like, tell you what, I'll be like, wink, in charge. But we'll let Hawkeye think he's the leader. And that... Wait, 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 wait. Wait, who said... Who is she talking to? Luke Cage? Luke. So Luke and Monica are like, you're really in charge, but let's let Hawkeye think he is. Well, that's not good. I mean, that's going to blow up in their face. Which is like the premise. That's the ticking time bomb of this book. Isn't there something going on? I've seen her like kind of making the rounds. People are talking about her. Is there something, is there like something big happening with her upcoming in the comics? I don't think so, but the movies, yeah. I think they're planning something big for her. Oh, really? 
Yeah. I've just been seeing a lot of things where it's like, look, it's spectrum, spectrum, spectrum. I'm just seeing it popping up a lot in like different social yeah. media things. They're just She's getting a push because right. the movie's coming. I'm just interesting if they're going to, I mean, I just, if there's like, if it is like, oh, you're the new leader of this. I don't know. I always feel she gets kind of a bum rap. They're always like, you're great and you're super powerful. All right, anyway, like I think they need to explore that she is actually like insanely powerful. Like yeah. if she was a mutant, she'd probably be Omega level. I'm just throwing that yeah. out there. I'm throwing it out there and she would have a rivalry with that awful Jean Grey. Oh, Jean. Oh, how about, oh, damn it. I'm sorry, it was a book from this week. Ugh. Did you read any books that dropped today, Wednesday, the day I, we're I recording? Didn't, I didn't. I knew because oh, we yeah, were going to talk Immortal. about them this weekend. Immortal I read Immortal already. Don't say anything. It's going to be saved for the next podcast. Oh, my God. There's a moment where I'm like, yes! Um, okay, that's it for comics. Oh, so here's what I want to say. So, uh, Thunderbolts, you expect a twist? The twist is like, hey, Monica, you're Wink, really the one in charge. And also Hawkeye's got some like evil entity inside of him. Like the reflection in his mirror at the end looked back at him as like, yes, indeed. (laughs) What is that? that, Wasn't that happening with Hank Pym? Yeah, it looked purple man-ish. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Jesus. All right. All right. So I don't know. Why don't we move on to some things that we've watched? Yeah. Hit the music. Someone who watch superhero sci-fi stuff with me. All right. Well, I finished Sandman. I have not. How far into it are you? Not nowhere, no further than last time. Oh, okay. Then we'll save it. Because I really, 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 really liked it. And a lot of people are complaining. I like it very much. A lot of people are they complaining. Are. Well, they're complaining like, oh, the, the budget isn't good enough. This isn't good. I was like, for whatever yes, they're oh, doing, for whatever they're doing, it's, it's great. And it honestly reminds me a lot of Doctor Who. And my boyfriend is obsessed with Doctor yes. Who. And I do not like Doctor Who, but it reminds me, it has the same feeling of Doctor Who, mostly because it's a bunch of British people trying to do American accents. And there are, and there are, but I, they figured out the style of it, and so it all works, and I love it. Yeah, it's great. It reminds me, like it's very BBC to me, you know, with like those darker shows on BBC, like Gorisham. What was the one? I'm, anyway, like it just tonally, it's right. Casting is right. Effects are right. Writing is right. It's just right. Yeah, and pretty much the last after from where you're watching, you saw episode six. Pretty much episode six. seven to ten are all one long arc. Yeah, I haven't really gotten into Desire yet, so I'd anticipate that's what is next for me. Yeah, he. I will say also, this: my biggest complaint, he is not. She, they, they are not in it enough because they are like oh. fucking maleficent, and they're great. And I'm just, I was like, more, 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 more. I want more. And then there's that surprise episode where they they do like house, like the the cats episode did you watch that one i I watched that and i did not like it and then there's one after that and then i was like that cat one really annoyed me so i'm just stopping oh i'll watch that one later the cat one was kind of dumb i didn't like it oh all right it's one of the more popular issues of the sandman but okay i think maybe for, for an issue of the sandman fine but this it just came so out of left field yeah it was more like a like a special yeah it just was like 
What's that? What does that have to do with anything? I don't know. And fuck cats. Yeah, gotcha. Fuck cats. Well, that's where you and I differ, my friend. I know. I fuck cats. I am a- <laughs> You fuck dogs. And um, I eat them. <laughs> but let's talk about some She-Hulk. Yes. Episode three. This is, uh, now, this is now the show. into it. This is the yeah, show. Yeah, here's the show. This is the yes. show. The perfect amount of talking to the camera. Oh, what? You think there's going to be cameos everything? It's not. It's still my fucking show. Okay, but he is going to be in it. Hilarious. But and also, here's great. the funniest part of that moment. She did not have her hands on the steering wheel. Yeah, she just let for go. a solid two she just minutes. Let go, because she let go of like, oh, this is now a movie. This is now a. TV and it's show. those bits. It's like those bits is what I was hoping for. There are bits in this show that really hit. And people are fighting on TikTok right now because people are like, oh my God, why are they trying to make her copy Deadpool? And you're like, she did it before she Deadpool. Deadpool was copying off of her. Oh, it just drives me crazy. Fuck you. And the hilariousness with the whole Megan the Stallion and Wong. When they cut to Megan the Stallion in in like the crowd of the courtroom, she's like, no one can be me. Like I And she just she just buttoned the scene. Like that's good. Like that's like good Barb and Star formula comedy. Like just cutting to the random cameo and yes. then doing a follow-up with them it's perfect and trying to do a trial where the person is a shapeshifter and then turns to the judge tries to shapeshift into the judge like it's just like so smart and so funny and it's everything i ever wanted and i just wish and, like, that this could be like 20 episodes like a regular sitcom me too i love it and like when she calls out the a and b plots coming together yes. and then um pug um, Jasagara lands from the other two is able to like use Jen to like bring his plot thread to a close. Yes. It's it's good stuff. It's good sitcom. People are comedy that formula she stuff. At the end of it with Megan the Stallion. Why? Like because they're like she's supposed to be like uh, it's supposed to be good for women. I and need, that's like I need my Mar- and also like I need my Marvel serious. I've seen so many fucking posts that were like. We went from this and it's a picture to like the guy dying in the Iron Man cave, like the guy that helped him to this. She hold twerking. I'm like, fuck you, bitch. We went from this star Lord dancing at the end of guardians to this. She hulk dancing at the end of her show. Like, yeah. Also you. people being like, Oh my God, like it's supposed to be empowering women. It's degrading. Um, have you not seen a single co- way a woman is drawn in a comic? Um, this is, she was in a suit. When she did it. So, like, thank your lucky stars. It's not like how comics really are. And it's a and joke. Me, and it's like winking at that whole idea. And let me put this on a t-shirt. Twerking is empowerment. When a woman owns her sexuality, it's empowerment. Yes. And the whole journey of Jen Walters owning some kind of sexuality in this grotesque body. Yes is powerful. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I want everyone to dress like a fucking whore. I'm just going to bring up, this is a disturbing thing I saw, so I'm going to bring it up here. I was watching a TikTok where a lesbian was still living with her super religious father and she was going to the gym and he was like, you can't go to the gym like that. It's too revealing. Men will want to have sex with you. And she's like, no, I'm going to like 
a female gym. It's mostly just lesbians. Um, lesbians know how to control themselves. I'll be fine. And he was like, no, don't you understand? Even when I look at you, I have impure thoughts. Amazing. And I, and so you need to cover to, up. Right. And I was like, that dad just okay. admitted that I want to fuck my lesbian Projection. daughter. So you need to cover up. I was like, Projection. Oh, jail, execution. The, the problem is you, sir. Can we get the Thanos snap for all the, the fucking freak shows? For all the people who blame everyone else for their shit. That's who I would snap away. Yeah. Speaking of snapping and being gay, I would like to introduce a new segment. Because as you all, if you've listened to this for a while, I'm always bringing up how I watch a lot of BL. Because that's the thing. If you liked Heartstopper, you like gay content, or you watch stuff and you're like, I watch something like Love, Victor on Hulu, and you're like, wow, that was kind of bad. Where can I watch more gay stuff? I want to see gay stuff because I'm gay. Guess what? All of Asia is making gay stuff all the time. And some of it, especially in Thailand, is literally the most popular shows in the country are gay stuff. It's all made for women. And I'm obsessed with it. And I want to talk about it. And I've decided to force Brett to watch some of these BLs. So welcome to the new segment. Jeff forces Brett to watch a BL. Oh, no. I made Brett watch a BL. I made Brett watch a BL. I made Brett watch a BL. A BL is a boys love series. And by boys, they mean men. So don't think anything gross, Jesus. All right. So BL stands for boys love. I know that sounds gross, boys, but you know, these men are adults. Um, uh, sometimes they're in high school, but for the most part, they're all college age, or in this case, or they're adult mafia bosses. They're boys oh. in the way like we refer to boys, like a bunch of 40-year-olds in the club, yeah. you know, yeah, hey boys. Yeah. Hey boys, what's up? Exactly. Um, the, the most popular, this is now officially, it is surpassed, it is the most watched, most popular BL. It's the most popular TV show in Thailand right now. And it is the most popular BL that has ever been made, especially because it's the highest budget BL that's ever been made. It's a Thai BL called Kin Porsche. And you're like, Kin Porsche? What is it about? Kin and family members and cars? No, that's in Thailand. Because everyone's names are so long, they have nicknames. So it's about a man named Kin and a man named Porsche. So it's basically a mafia love story between a mafia lord, a gay mafia lord, and a bodyguard. And I forced, he starts out as a bartender. He's a bartender who gets forced into being a bodyguard. Um, just thoughts of what what are you thinking so far, Brett? I forced you to watch this. Are you mad at me? So I I am five episodes into Kim Porsche, and I have to say, I am obsessed with it as well. It is one of the best shows I've seen in a long time. It is so hot, but also the relationships and the romance that is growing between these two titular characters over each episode is so engrossing and so beautiful. There is absolutely a self-aware, campy, tongue-in-cheek. The show is a lot more comedic than I thought it was going to be. 
the character of Porsche is a lot more comedic yeah. than I thought he was going to be. He's kind of like a bumbling, not fool, but he's a bumbler and he's always getting himself into trouble. Yeah. Sometimes with Kin, who is a very serious heir to a mafia family. But God damn it. I just, this show is always one step ahead of me and I love it. There's like one scene in particular that deals with that where um, they're doing target practice and then they're like, Ken, stand up there, put the like apple on your head. And and Porsche is like, okay, fine. And Porsche stands there and Ken shoots the apple off of his head and he just like walks away like, yeah, whatever. And then it cuts to him like walking to the kitchen. He's like, oh, oh my God. (laughs) He has a complete meltdown from like the one he was holding in since getting almost shot. He he actually, the actor, the actor who plays Porsche, who is not only one of the hottest men I've ever seen in my life. He reminds me so much of like a young Keanu Reeves from yeah. Bill and Ted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He does kind of look like Keanu Reeves. He's very young Keanu, and it's it's a great thing. But also, the other characters of the show are hilarious. Like, there's all these like cute henchmen that also work for Kin and the Mafia family that are characters in this show and get in Porsche's way in, in various ways. Yeah, Ken has like cousins and brothers. Yeah, Ken and, has an older brother who's super queenie and gay and he was kidnapped as a child and is traumatized. So they kind of were just like, yeah, you're not going to take over. <laughs> we're just going to let. So Ken, the middle child. Yes. Takes over and falls in love with Porsche. The way it happens is Ken is on the run. He It's his first kind of like mafia meeting. Um, he plays tough guy. He shoots a guy that was embezzling money and gunshots ensue. All of a sudden, Kin is on the run, runs into Porsche's bar. Porsche is a Taekwondo champion, so he's able to save Kin in a fight with the mafia people f- chasing him. And then that relationship is built. Kin forces Porsche to become his new bodyguard. Yeah, that was a good scene, too, where he's like, you need to save me. And he's like, give me like 50,000 baht. Like, give me money and I'll help you. Um, But yeah, and then. uh, But then there's other interesting things where there's another character called Vegas, who is from the like the minor family. Um, So the like like a cousin, the cousins. Yeah. and Tim and Ken have this rivalry. And then there's some weird things of like, did you get to the one where he gets drugged? Where he GHBs Porsche and then tries to force himself on him. But like Porsche headbutts him and then Ken, yeah. He runs away, but then he's still kind of fucked up. And he, Porsche, hits on Ken. And Ken is like, no, you're fucked up. I can't do this. But he caves. And they fuck. They up having sex. Like really like. Porsche is really drugged up and doesn't know what he's doing, but he can't stop. But then Porsche is really fucked up because he's never been with a man before. And he's very, very confused. And then Ken has to punish him for getting, he's like, you were on your mission and you drank and you ended up getting fucked up. So we have to punish you. So it's like, you're just, there's this push and pull of like, you can tell they like each other, but they have to stick to their roles. These roles. Yeah. Oh, I'm telling you, it's hot. But that's like the thing. Is, but have you seen, has uh, the younger brother met up with, both of the yes. younger brothers have started so meeting So Ken's up. younger brother has, he met Porsche's younger brother and only had like a passing. So Ken's younger brother, Kim, uh, is, is he like a pop star? Is he like a well-known musician? Yes, yes. And no one knows that he's part of that mafia family, really. 
Porsche's brother is like a diehard fan and also a musician. So these two meet, but then Kim only really starts paying attention to Porsche's brother when he finds out he's Porsche's brother. Yeah. So it's like, does he really like him or is it just manipulations? But I will tell you this, all of these relationships are nothing compared to the uh, the other romance that happens which i haven't gotten to yet those two i know there's like a b couple they have not it's vegas and pete pete uh, porsche's roommate bodyguard yeah yeah and i'm gonna tell you it puts you through it you will be confused you will be mad you will be screaming you will be biting the pillows you will be jerking off really it is intense it is intense it's intense. Okay. I can't I mean, wait for you to get no into it. There's been no inkling of it. Well, yet. I mean, haven't they flirted with each other? I think they flirted with each other I a few. Maybe? Because didn't Pete have to go spy on him? And then he gets caught? I don't think so. Not yet. Not yet. Oh. No, that hasn't happened. Oh, okay. Uh, I think you, once they start, and a lot of these BLs, what happens when, when there's two love stories, once the first love story, when they're like, okay, we're together... Then they're like, okay, now we're going to introduce this next love story. So while the other couple's just fucking, <laughs> then the other oh, love story yeah. starts like get going. It's classic musical theater exactly. formula. Like, exactly. like it's the B couple. They're introduced, you know, act two. But I'm telling you all, it's IQ TV, Ken Porsche. It's only like three bucks a month. Um, it's worth it. There's many other really good uh, BLs, I just watched a Korean gay dating show, like where they all live in the same house, like The Bachelor. Ooh. And drama. That was drama. And it's like, it's like eight or nine bucks, girl. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. And there's, there's a bunch of other BLs that I can recommend. I always say if I, I have fans that the fans of this show that have reached out to me and um, I'm currently telling them what to watch. And I'm like, please write to me as you watch it. Cause I have no one to talk to about this show, about these oh. shows. And they're so fun. They're so I fun. I love this show. I can't wait. I can't wait to, to do more. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I and want you to text so me as you start getting sex. into, Oh, you haven't even gotten to the good sex. I mean, you haven't even gotten Oof. to the good sex scenes yet. Oh my God. I can't believe it. Girl, there's like drone shots with them on a hot tub and a balcony, fully butt fucking. both so hot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then the uh, the thing, these women though, women that are obsessed with this is they do a bunch of fan service. They make a ton of videos of just playing games, doing interviews. But in all these interviews, they're always cuddling each other and touching each other. And then they get interviewed about like, what was the kissing like? And he's like, actually, it was a really good kisser. I think I was turned on. And then people are like, Ooh. oh my God, are you really together? Do it's you really real. love each other? Ah. Oh, it's so heart stopper. But there is some behind the scenes drama where the two writers of it are women and they've formed the production company that's making it. And they're being accused of grooming the young, the young brother. Oh, really? The young brother admitted on a live that Lit he Ken's brother. Yeah, that he has to give the yeah. two adult female writers massages. Yeah. And you could I mean, see he's... Ken and Porsche, the actors, Mile and Oppa, or the actors, and they were like, what? No, no, cut, wait. Because <laughs> they were like, no, 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 don't oh do God. that. And, and then everybody got really mad. Unusually <laughs> attractive. Well, he, the younger brother is only 17. 
Oh, never. I mean, he is like, I'm not attracted Which to him. The age of consent in is. Thailand is 16. So it's not a problem there. But for us, that's a little dicey. Yeah. But just a very good looking yeah. person. Yes. They're all, all of them. There's a oh, scene, about, there's a scene where they go to a bar. Yeah. And arm is the one who takes off his shirt and it's like, whoa. And starts pouring the, the drinks one? over yeah. him. I, I immediately yeah. went and looked up his name and followed him on Instagram. Oh, I know. He yeah, my husband walked in. Is so hot. So hot. And my, that's just an extra. Husband, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but he's, he's a, no, he has a part, but I mean, he, I mean, it's like, he's just like a, another bodyguard and he's just like, has a body of an Adonis. You're like, Jesus like, Christ. Oh wait, the other henchman who is the one who like slips into a British accent sometimes. Yeah. He is Perth of, of yes. A very Perth is from person. Australia. And I will just tell you Perth starred in another BL called My Engineer, and that's what? where he became extremely famous. He's oh, Australian wow. with a Thai mom, so his Thai isn't great. So a lot of times they have him go back into English when he has trouble speaking Thai. Yeah, and the he My does Engineer, that. that one he plays this very silent man, and there, there's just oh, it's there uh, most. Uh, there's a lot of Thai BLs that revolve around college engineer students because oh. in the engineering department of Thai colleges they hate there's a lot of hazing like they do like like frat boy hazing stuff so oh, it's just rife for like romance plot yeah. lines wow. anyway he's really hot too and there's plan but that's the thing if you like this I'm gonna in a later segment I'll I'll try to force Brett to watch another one and see how he Yay. feels so far so good ah uh, but anyway, <sighs> comics and gays. That's where we're allowed to talk about this because it's about gays. That's about right. Gays. Queers. It's in the title. Colon. Um, and speaking of title, um, I think ours has ended. It's over. What? It's over. This one's over. Thank you for um, listening, we'll get, everybody. Thank you so much. We'll get back on schedule. Um, if you have questions about BLs, um, hit either one of us up because we're both kind of experts in it now. Yeah. And if you have recommendations, I literally will send you a list of like 30 things to watch. Sure. And I'll talk about the best moments from the one I've seen. <laughs> um, Florence Pugh, Chris Pine. Pew, pew, We're thinking pew. about the both of you. They're going to be um, fine. I'm, honey, if anyone's going to be fine, it's Florence Pugh. Olivia Wilde, we're thinking about you. I want her to, when she's giving her Oscar acceptance speech for not this. To not thank Olivia Wilde. Not this movie, but. Yeah, she, Olivia Wilde will be a distant memory. That's right. Olivia Wilde. She's also yeah. like an, isn't she an heiress also, Olivia Wilde? Probably. She dumped Jason Sudeikis right as he became super famous too with Ted Lasso. Weird. Jealous. To don't fuck know, don't Harry wanna, Styles. Don't want to create that narrative. She's been digmatized. I know. I mean, the one thing, you might not think Harry Styles is hot, but you know he's packing. Oh, he's, yeah. And it's probably like the most perfect. Perfect uncut one. cock. Yeah. It's probably the most perfect one on the planet. And I will tell you this. If you are a boy and you sat and wondered what Harry Styles' cock looked like, well, I hate to break it to you, but- You should read comics. You should read comics because that yeah. makes you queer. queer. Bye. Bye. Bye.